about that. I'll, I'll show you that. We'll make it plain and simple. Today, uh, I just want to talk about, and I mean, the country has been through a bunch of stuff. Uh, all of us have walked through COVID and, and all of those things. And, and I mean, if you, have you ever been in a store and you, you know you don't have COVID or anything, but you, you're having, you just got something stuck in your throat and you want to cough and everybody looks at you like you got the plague? I mean, people just like, Psh. or how about this? If you go to the store and you're wanting to get something, there's always somebody right at the spot where you want to get what you want to get. So my advice to you is start coughing. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> just teasing. Uh, but I want, I want to talk this morning, just some simple steps from, and the title of this is From Sick to Well. From Sick to Well. Because, you know, this is my heart. I went to church, you know, all my life. We've, this church is over 16 years old. It started in 2006, in February 2006. It started in the living room of my home, 17 people. Um, six of those, let me think here, yeah, six of those being me and my wife and our four kids. Uh, I had to count real quick. <laughs> so all of that, uh, and then, you know, God is just taking it from there. And I, and I go back, and, you know, I remember us when we bought the keyboard, and, and uh, the original set of drums, I think, is still up in storage, and, and the bass and all that. Our kids were the band, and, and I, I, I don't know how God did all that, other than it was just God. I mean, we had, we were, uh, I was ordained in the Assemblies of God, and, and uh, we left that fellowship, good fellowship, but... We were tired of politics and, and religion and stuff, and, and that just wasn't the way the Lord wanted us to go in that fellowship. Again, we learned a lot of things in there, so I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying he had something else for us, so that's why this church is independent, non-denominational. Um, matter of fact, we do have connection today. Is that correct? Yeah, and I teach that class. So if you want connection, I, I teach the first one, and it is in the Dream Team Cafe back there, and it's only about an hour or less long. And we have snacks, and we'll watch your kids, and it's free. So you get to hear, hear me a little longer. But I can tell you the beginning of the church, how it started, and what happened, and all of that stuff. But uh, anyway, I, I go to church, and I, I love church. I make great friends at church, um, and cut my teeth on stuff at church. And so I learned a lot of things in the assemblies of God. I was actually raised Methodist. Yeah, kind of scary, huh, for me. Methodist, uh, but see, mom and dad got saved, and, and they, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and that wasn't real comfortable in the Methodist thing, and so then they, they, they left. I went to that church by myself for a little while, and then what happened is my sister got saved, and she changed everything. I mean, they changed everything, but then seeing her change everything, I was like, Something's going on, because she doesn't she fake nothing. She isn't going to go and be something that she's not. And so she actually led me to the Lord January of 1980, January 2nd of 1980. Um, I, this isn't even in my notes, but what I'm saying is this. When I said yes to Jesus, there's something inside that said, i got to figure this out. I want to know more. So I went to church all my life, and it was I had a lot of great times in church, led a lot of kids to Jesus and stuff, but so many times, and maybe this isn't you, but this was what God put in me, I would come home after church, and, and I would say church was good. People would say, wasn't church good? Yes, church was good. 
But I was having a lot of trouble trying to figure out whatever the preacher said, how I could make it work in my life on Monday. Anybody ever feel that? I mean, I'm like, it sounded good in church. And it seemed like it, but I'm like, okay, was there steps? Am I going to get a letter? I don't know. I don't know how to do it. And everybody act like they understood, so you know what I did like everybody else. I understand. Sure, that's great. I had no idea. So when we started this church, the Lord, that's why one of the taglines, so to speak, or the mission statement or vision statement is live life on purpose. If you're a guest, you can get a free T-shirt. That's why that's there. I want, I want you to know why you do what you do because of Jesus. I want you to know how to do it. So today I want to talk to you from sick to well. So welcome to TLC. If you have seat belts, I'd say buckle them. The seats are all wired, so if you fall asleep, we can zap you. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for doing that. I, <laughs> I'm going to blame Tom for everything. <laughs> Be quiet, you're next. No, <laughs> just teasing, Gib. All right, Proverbs 4, 20 through 24, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are alive to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So this passage is actually, I believe, God's prescription for life and health. If we wanted to condense life and health, this passage really says it. It's instructions, and if we do them, we can literally change our life. How many knows the word doesn't change, but it'll change you? So it's amazing. Uh, it can change your physical condition. It, you can go from sick to being well. Now, I, I have not, I can't say that I've never been sick. I have. I do not get sick very often because I'm against it. I don't like it. And so I, I fight it tooth and nail, if, if anything. I'm going to show you, and I'm getting better at it. I haven't arrived. I'm still working. You know, I'm human. But thank God I've got God inside me, and he's helping me. And the more I get of him, the less I have of me. And so I'm good about that. So I want us to look closely at this word. So if you're fighting something, maybe it's not sickness, maybe it's something else, but, but you can get well. Did you know God's will is that you are well? He wants you to be healthy and well and happy. I who wants to be a Christian with a sourpuss face and just, oh, I'm just waiting till Jesus comes back? I don't want that. Do you? I mean, if I didn't know Jesus and you were representative and that's how you were, I'd be like, mm, I'll pass. Don't want that. So let's look at this. Our first thought, attend to my words. Attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. And that means undivided attention. In other words, I'm focused on what God is saying to his word, and I'm going to pay heed to what he says. I'm going to listen. That's an art we really don't have too many that do it as well as we should. I'm one of those that I need more help in listening. You ever found somebody that hears you, but they don't listen? Yeah, husbands, don't say anything now. Just let your wife nod. That's good. <laughs> you know, just uh, sometimes my kids, when, when they were growing up, they... They're incredible about knowing when to ask you for something while you're busy. And they will tell you something. Hey, Dad, Dad, can I go play in the street? It's really going to be safe because uh, we're going to have fun. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I didn't even know what I said it's good to. You know, I mean, not that they would ask me that, but I'm just saying I hear them, but I didn't listen. 
Attend to my words. Undivided attention. What is undivided attention? When you can centrally focus on something God is telling you, and that is what you are attending to, that is what you're listening to. An example in the human form, we, we've had five children. Our first uh, child is in heaven with the Lord. He was a stillborn. And then we had Mallory. And she was in labor. I want to say it was Mallory. Okay, because you don't know where my story. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was also a TV in the room. That was Sam. See, she knows. That was, that was Sam. Not that I'm keeping track. I see you don't know that. <laughs> Y'all are like, preach! (laughs) But I'm sitting there. I'm supposed to be watching the baby monitor because she's having what they call contractions. And I'm counting for her to tell her, it's almost done. It's almost done. Yep, you're at the peak of that. Yeah, yeah, now it's coming down. They should not put a TV in the baby room when there's a guy in there and I'll tell you what was on the TV, which is really stupid, because I never really watched it except for that day, Dark Winged Duck. <laughs> she goes, do you hear her? Yep. <laughs> That'll get you a couch trip, won't it? <laughs> Dark Winged Duck. And so I'm in the middle of counting, you know, for her. Yeah, you're almost. <laughs> you know, some people say men can't, you know, keep their attention. That is a really nice phone you have there. <laughs> We can't keep attention, but I mean, it was there, dark winged duck. And she, she slapped me on the arm and she said, no words were exchanged, but it wasn't Merry Christmas, I love you, baby. <laughs> Hit me on there and pointed at the monitor and I'm like, oh, okay, you're almost done. Turn the TV off. Attend. Give it your full attention. Give your time to the word. If you want to spend time in the word just like anything else, you're going to have to make time to spend time. Because your day, if you don't, you know that old saying, if you don't plan your day, your day will what? Plan you because things will happen. You get in ministry, I I you know, I get calls all different times. I don't know when that call's coming and I'll rearrange my schedule depending on what the nature of that call is. But you have to plan for that. If you want to play an instrument, you're going to have to plan time to practice so that you can play. Give attention to that. Meditate on the word. Put action with it. Faith without works. You know, there's times, my wife is amazing. She can go over and play this keyboard. You can, she can hear a song and walk over and play it. No music, because no, she can hear it, and she knows chord progression. She knows all that. She has perfect pitch. Yeah. The only thing, you know, for me, I can play the radio. I can get most stations you ask for. But, I mean, she can just go over. We, and the kids would listen to something, Veggie Tales back in the day. How many remember that? She'd go home, gather the kids around the piano. She's, where is my hair? I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, well, it's just easy. It's, uh, I can see this starts out in this chord, and she just figures it out. It's easy. <laughs> Meditate, giving time to that. Continually and consistently give the word first place in your life. Isaiah 26, 3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Your mind will be free from doubt when you keep your attention on God's word. 
When you're trusting in his word, you're trusting in him. God's word will keep you in perfect peace. You know what? Perfect peace is awesome because isn't Jesus the prince of peace? And I'm not so good at this. I'm working on it. Sometimes we're believing. You ever been believing for something and because you don't see it right away, it wants to steal your peace. But you believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. And if we trust and believe that, we don't really have to worry, do we? That's the process. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. You couldn't see any different, but 24 hours later, the tree's dead. It died instantly at the roots, but it finally manifested. The process came to the surface a day later. So I get it. So I, I, you know, we were listening to some stuff like that on the way here. So I, I, I'm saying to myself, I need more. Thank you, Lord. I need to hear that. But I have to keep his word first place in my life because his word does not change. Matter of fact, the Bible says that God's word doesn't come back void. That's pretty good. If his word always does what it's sent to do, why wouldn't I want to send it to do what it's supposed to do? Thought number two, incline your ears. That's what God said next in that scripture we first read at the beginning. Incline, matter of fact, it says, if you read King James, thine ear unto my sayings. But it's basically your. So incline your ears. When you desire and go after the knowledge of God's word and open your understanding to his word, it'll change you. So if you go to church, it's good to be in church. If you can't come to church, that's why we have online service. I get it, and we're thankful for that. But if you can come to church, you need to be in church. There's something about assembling yourselves together. You can build relationships with friends. People can pray with you, pray for you. There's a corporate anointing that happens here that doesn't always happen off the Internet. So there's ways to incline your ear, get the word in your heart. What are you putting your ear to? What are you inclining it to? What are you listening to? There's people that will incline their ear to any gossip that's out there. Don't incline your ear to that. Anything that's, well, if it's on Fox, it must be true. Really. Don't incline your ear to that. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you, you get, you got the measure of faith when you got saved. But you hear the word preached. You hear the word taught. You Basically, you hear the spoken and preached word, the taught word of God. You listen to it on podcasts or whatever. Hearing, 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 hearing. You listen inside your spiritual ears as well. Not just the outside. Remember, we talked about listening. We hear stuff. Sometimes we hear stuff and we just don't pay attention. But now you listen inside. What does that mean for me. God, what are you saying to me? Mark 4, 23 and 25, Jesus tells us, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given for whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Amplified Bible says this, so it explains it a little bit more. It's a little louder, so if I read it, the Amplified. 
If any man, no, I'll just read it soon. If any man here has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure or thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure or virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. For him who has will be more given. Now, this all lines up with what we talked about. If you have the measure of faith, my faith is complete. What changes is my hearing and my understanding. So as my understanding grows and my knowledge of the word of God, my faith then can be put to work and do what it's supposed to do because now I understand and I know how it works. God has shown me that. And so my knowledge and understanding, that's what I'm saying for all of us. If I understand that now, Lord, oh, okay, okay. See, everybody Jesus is talking to, my thing came unstuck back here. If you're wondering why I keep doing this, because I have this taped usually. I'll see if I can retape it. All right. Uh, Jesus was speaking. Everybody he's talking to has physical ears. But he was referring to receiving God's word in their heart. By not just hearing with their ears, but listening inside. In other words, saying there's deeper meaning than that. Than not just what you're hearing on the outside. I mean, because I can now, let me just, let me tell you. There's things that are happening that I can go up to my wife and I can say, I love you. And she'll be like, I love you too. Well, I hope she'll, yeah, she'll say that. (laughs) But, you know, I mean... There's also, you know, uh, there, there's, there's stuff, you know, that I could say, and, and she will know the meaning. Like, she, if you've been with somebody a long time, they know when you're upset or when you're not. Do they not? She'll say, or how about a mama here that says, I don't like the way you look in your eyes. Are you feeling well? My mom would tell me, you need to eat more. No, mom, I don't need to eat more. But she, she knows, so even maybe in the tone that I say, or, or maybe, you know, you have key words that only you guys know. We, we went through some stuff before in our, in our life where, you know, there were things that were just tough for us. We were holding each other up in prayer, and we said, okay, this is what we'll do. If you come up and you squeeze my hand three times, I'll know right now you, you, know, you need to step out or I need to be praying for you or whatever. Nobody else knew that but her and I. It was kind of like the code. You see, when God, he's giving his word to all of you, you're believers. You're his kids. It's the code. He wants you to not just hear with your ears. He wants you to hear with your heart. You got to listen with your spiritual ears as well as your physical ears. He's not just like passively hearing, not casual. He said, perceive and comprehend. Be careful how you hear. What time you give to put the word in you and that you look at it and you, you meditate on it. And I have people tell me all the time, I, I can't meditate. Well, this isn't talking about doing, um, um. That's not that. They're talking about just taking the word and just thinking about it on your commute to work or when you're, you know, just thinking about it. That's what it's talking about, meditating. I, Brett, I can't meditate. Can you worry? Oh, yeah, I'm good at that. Well, that's what it is. You're meditating is just on the wrong thing. So we have to break that off and start meditating on, God, what are you trying to tell me? Because what I hear, what I put 
in my heart that I hear with my inside ear, my, my spiritual ear, measures the return or the power and the knowledge that will come back through the word that I receive and I'm able to apply. The man who hears or receives revelation be given more because he's taking what he's hearing and he's doing it. Now, when this, you know, at the end of the service here in just a few minutes, you know, we'll receive an offering. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> he's going to give with joy right there. Tom, you saw <laughs> confirmation. Um, you know, and so I get it. And some, everybody, see, the church has, has done money wrong a lot of times. Not every church. But, you know, everybody's concept of, oh, the church just, is just after your money. I'm just trying to teach you what God is saying about money. That'll probably be after the authority. We'll, we'll talk about financial stewardship. Not from my point of view. From what the word says. You'll have a Bible. You'll be able to look at it. See exactly what I'm saying. And I don't want you to think, oh, he's, because I very rarely teach on that, do I? No, Brett, you don't. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I talk about it and show you the principle of it. But I want you to know what God says about it. Because I, 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 don't, I don't get into gimmicks. I don't get into, if you give this, we'll give you that. Or we, I don't do that. I have never, you know, in the beginning we thought that's kind of how we were you know, I don't know if brought up is the right word, but you, we saw it. And the, Kim and I just like, we just don't do that because we were not going to manipulate you to give. We just won't do that. I want you to give as the Lord tells you to give. I want you to give the way the Bible tells you to give. That's it. Period. Because when we do that, you're not feeling guilty. I don't want you to feel pressure. Does that make sense? I mean, that's pretty cool because nobody explained it to me when we were going to church. We got ridiculed. At different places, that if you couldn't give this amount of money, you should be ashamed. We were like, I mean, we were holding on to each other like, I need to get up and get out of there. We were having a hard time. Then, this isn't in my notes either, but I'm going to tell you this story. Okay, great. I was told by the Lord to go up. In this service, it was a, it was a, if I told you the church, you would all know it. I'm not going to tell you the church. To give $500. Now, I don't know about you, but $500 is $500. And we were just like, oh, man. And I struggled because, I'll just be honest, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And they were receiving offering, and they had people down there. And I felt the Lord say, I, I told you to give $500. So I want you to go up and give. So, Kim knew I was struggling with it, so I'm still trying to fix this. <laughs> Fixed it. So, I decided to give $500. You know, I said, okay. So, I went down front, and I got in line. I'm okay with getting in line. I'm okay. They had an usher there. My ushers will never do this to you. If they do, I will slap them and pray for their healing. They won't. Scott is real good. This is what he said. This is what he leaned in and he said, how much do you want to give? And, you know, there's people around. And this was something personal between me and God and Kim and God. And I, I leaned in. I said, we would like to give $500. He turned around and announced, this guy only wants to give $500. He shouldn't even be in this line. 
you already know I was a redneck before. I think my wife is immediately praying in tongues. Father, don't let him beat him up. Father, just don't let him. I, don't know. I mean, I am like, and then he goes, you're in the wrong line, pal. He's only given 500 bucks. That's what he said. Said it again. I was like, oh. I just wanted to go, I'm not giving nothing. See ya. But it didn't go up there for me. I went up there because I felt the Lord told me to. And he just, the Lord just said, stay. So I stayed, stayed in line. He said it the third time. And there was a well-known evangelist that was there and another guy that was a friend of mine that worked at that church. He looked at me and he said, you look upset. I said, I am, but it's okay. And so I turned and said to him, I want to give $500. And he turned around and he handled it in a much great, uh, more grace, and said, that's awesome. He said, that's awesome. Brett, that's awesome. And turned around and said, this guy has given a great amount as well. And that's how he kind of handled it. And I was very thankful. But I mean, I was so mad. I went and sat down. Somebody in the audience, because... (laughs) I, well, this is what I told the guy when I went up there, and I said, listen, I'm believing God. God told me to give $500, and he said he'll over double it, And I've, if I remember the story correctly. I didn't know how that was going to happen. I just said what I believed. I went back and sat down. I sat that whole service. I was just like, I don't even want to be here. Ooh, I was mad. But somebody saw me go up there, and the next thing I knew, the I was able to call back and they said, the Lord told me to give you, and they gave 600 so we ended up giving $1,200. They, you know, and I didn't, they didn't know any of the story. What I'm saying is, we have to hear what he is saying. And my secretary can tell you this. I mean, I'm human. I battle a lot of stuff because my name's on the line for this building and everything in it and all of that stuff, you know, and, and uh, that's... So I have, to be, I have to be like, Lord Jesus. But he's a big God. And this is what he told me. He said, worry not. I don't talk like that. So I knew I'm like, okay. What I'm saying is you have to get that knowledge and hear him speak. And then you have your peace. Because remember, you got saved. You got the measure of faith. So if you grow in your understanding and in your knowledge, your faith is already intact. You just start putting that to work. You digest it. You understand it. That's, and you understand how to work the laws of faith. Here's our next thought. Let them not depart from your eyes. So you keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on what God is saying. Don't look at circumstances or give attention to feelings that go against your healing. Some of us, we, we hang around. We love people, and I love but You know what? If I'm really needing something, I'm careful about who I'm around. While if I'm needing a healing, I don't want around somebody that's going to be an Internet doctor. Listen how quiet it is. You all know what I'm saying. Because sometimes it's just all negative. It's just, oh, you could have this, you could have that. And there are people, if you just tell them of a symptom, they'll be like, I think I have that. Yeah. Don't look at circumstances. Don't look at or consider. And this is where I'm guilty of it, so I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Give thought to the Scripture instead of my body. 
Remember, Abraham said he didn't even consider his body. He didn't even, that's not even part of the issue. If you said it, God, that's it. I don't consider anything else. Let them not depart from your eyes. 622 of Matthew, Jesus said, the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. The eye is the gateway to the body. Keep your eye on the word. Keep it in your sight. Pay your attention to it. If your eye or your attention is on darkness, the sickness in your body, there's not going to be any light to drive out that darkness. That's what light does. Because if you keep focused on darkness, you focus on unbelief. And unbelief will negate your faith. Remember Jesus was his own hometown. He healed, he healed a few. He wanted to do more, but he was marveled at their unbelief. You can't focus on anything in the dark. As a kid, how many played out at night when it got dark with the neighborhood kids besides me? Man, I love that. Because, man, in the dark, didn't it seem like you could run faster? Man, it was just, you know why? Because you can't see anything. My best friend back in the day was Mike Miller. And we played Ghost in the Graveyard. Then when my kids got older, we called it Daddy in the Backyard because we didn't want to talk about ghosts. So we went running in the yard. And I remember as a kid, I was like, man, I am flying. And I remember getting to Miss Williams' house, and in just about a second, I was like, clothesline. I turned back and said, Mike, clothesline. And all I heard was, <laughs> and he was laying on the ground. <laughs> I said, clothesline. <laughs> I remember running real hard, getting away from somebody, and I ran right into a tree. I could have been on AFV and won $10,000, but wasn't even around then. I just remember seeing the bark come real close. <laughs> I don't remember seeing anything for about five minutes after that. <laughs> but you see, you can't focus on anything in the darkness. And that's what the devil does. He takes all details out. He, he smudges all that so that you just, and all you can feel is depressed. You just feel what's going on. It's too dark to notice or the big things. But if your eye is singly focused, if it's focused on the word of God and it's focused on the light, your whole body will be full of light. You see, a single eye allows no darkness to enter. Giving your attention to God's word brings life. And what you give your attention to, in some cases, could be life or death. There's people I pray for that I'm like, I need you to speak life here. I need you to speak life. If they refuse, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where their faith is or what is going on. But it is so vitally important to speak life. Our next thought. I only have this one and one more, so we're almost finished. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Allow God's words to rest in you. To, the Bible says to abide in you. To live out in you, not just visit, because the just shall what? Live by faith. Not just visit, not just stop by once in a while. A lot of us have done that, but we live by faith. So his words abide in us. When things happen, we have his word. That's how we fight. It is written. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Meditate on the scriptures and acting on what you hear. See, the portion of his word that you act on is the portion that's living inside you. The portion you are believing. Feeding yourself with the word to keep the word producing that force of faith. 
inclining my ear to hear the word of God, refusing to allow the word to depart from my eyes, keeping his word alive in our heart. 422 of Proverbs says they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the word of God is medicine. Jesus said in John 6, 63, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. These words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Attending to the word with not just my ears, inside my heart, my eyes, it causes me to live in divine health. And that's what I want. And that's what I want for you. And let me explain what this is. I want to live in divine health. You know what divine health is? Divine health is you don't get sick. I don't like getting sick. I'm against it. I said that before. But if, you'll be, it'll be, if you live and believe in divine health, it'll become as hard for you to get sick as it was for you to be healed. Think about that. The power of the word will be made life to you and health to your body. 423, keep heart with all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. They come from the midst of your heart. The word in your heart produces life and health in your body. Our last thought for this morning, put away a bad mouth. King James of 424 says, put away from thee a froward. That's a weird word, isn't it? A froward mouth and perverse lips out from thee. The new King James calls froward deceitful. So put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. 1234 of Matthew, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you put in, we used to say it, if you were in school, remember they had that thing, garbage in, garbage out. You put the word in, that's what comes out. If you fill yourself with the word, that's what you're going to start saying. If you're saying, well, I'm, I'm totally, if I have a guy, I worked with a guy, he's like, Brett, I'm totally full of the word, I'm totally full of the word, and he was doing something, and he, when I was working at Honda, he drilled the screw through his thumb. That's an ouchie. What came out of his mouth was not the word. It was not happy new year, merry Christmas, oh, happy days are here again. It was russa, 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 russa. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, I'm not as full as I thought I was. <laughs> you see, it works on either side. If your heart's full of good, you keep light in there, light comes out, good comes out. But if you don't and you're focused on just more dark and negative, that's what comes out. The last step in taking God's divine prescription for this is to speak. Not words of sickness and disease, but life-giving words of healing, life, faith, and hope. For faith to work, it must have two places. It's got to have your heart. It's got to have your mouth. It's got to have your belief system, and you have to declare. Deuteronomy 30, 14, but the, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to speak God's word. Faith is voice activated. I can't do it for you. I can speak, and in certain cases I've been called, and Brett, will you come in? I need you to rebuke this demon. I need you to do this. We're having these things happen. Will you come and do that? Yeah, I can come and do that, but I'm going to go home. So when I go home, what are you going to speak or what are you going to, I mean, find where the leak is and fix it. 
I mean, I went to a, uh, I prayed for a guy that was in ICU. And I didn't know him. I didn't know the person. The person knew somebody that knew somebody that knew me and said, if you ask him, he'll go and he'll pray for him. So I did. I don't know who the guy was. I prayed for him. He was in a coma. He was in ICU, tubes sticking out of him. Nurse was there, prayed for him, commanded him to live. They said they were going to pull the plug within the next 24 hours or so, or however it wasn't very long. I spoke live to him. Don't know him from anywhere. Left. No change at all. Didn't see anything, nothing on the monitor, nothing. I mean, I just walked out in two weeks. I was sitting in his living room. And he was there, and he found out who I was, brought me there. And I remember because his teeth were in a glass on the table beside the chair. And he said somebody liked my teeth. And uh, he thanked me for just coming and praying. So what I'm saying is speak life. I'll speak life as long as I have breath. Take the word seriously. So listen to what I'm saying. I'm talking about divine health doesn't mean I never have a symptom. It means that the first sign, the first sign of anything, I'm on it. Like ugly on an ape. I'm on it. First sign of a symptom, start, start declaring the word. Start saying, it is written. Start saying, God, give me a word. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, meaning you're a child of God. And the word, some of y'all just need to get a word. Get in the book and get a word. So I'm going to speak the word. Devil, you are not coming to me today. I am putting, I'm, this is it. I'm not, you know, and I declare if my throat would be hurting, I'd say, Father, I am the healed of the Lord. And I would call my throat into order. It doesn't matter if it doesn't feel different after I say that. It will go away. When our kids were sick, my wife would put praise music in their room and just play it. You could barely hear it. And people would say, we have people say, oh, I, what good does that do? I'll tell you what good it does because it starts setting the atmosphere of that whole place. They're just saying, hallelujah. And my kids never stayed sick long if they ever got sick. But we just believed God, and we didn't know what we know now. Now, if I, have, if I have a sniffle or I have anything, I am like at the very first sign, I'm on it, not with medicine. I'm not against medicine. You need to take medicine, that's fine. But before I do that, if I'm going to take a pill, come on, somebody, I'm going to take the gospel. I'm going to take God, and I'm going to start applying what God says in his word and say, this is an intrusion on my body and on my... This isn't happening. This is illegal. And I start taking authority, and I'll teach you how to do that. 1 Peter 2.24, he who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes. Here it is. You were healed. Not you are you will be. It's already done. We need to understand Jesus already went. He already died for that healing. So when we pray that medicine, that gospel, then we receive when we pray, just like the, the, the fig tree didn't look any different, but it was dead as soon as he spoke. It didn't manifest. So sometimes the healing could take a process, but your belief is done then. Somebody say amen. Because you're going to walk this thing out. You're going to continue. It doesn't matter 
what your throat feels or what your sniffle says or whatever because you are continually putting that. You're inclining your ear. You're putting that in front of your eyes. You're speaking that out your mouth. You're standing on that word. You're not swavering. You're not moving. Receive it by faith and say it aloud. Listen to the word when you go to sleep, if that's what you need to do. By the next morning, there's a good chance you won't be sick anymore. God's medicine affects the healing, cures my body. Now listen to what I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm just about finished here. To be sick and receive healing is good. How many believe that's good? If you're sick, you get healed, that's good. I like that. But it's not God's best. God's best would be to never get sick. So I want his best. Now I'm not saying I've always been to the part where I get it. But that sickness has got to go. It has no choice. Because there's a new sheriff in town. I want to live in divine health. If I had something flooding my body, I'm going to speak to that something. Forces of life and power come out of my heart and then out of my mouth. Out of my belief system and then out of my mouth. And it comes out in the direct proportion of the amount of word that goes in. Let me just say this. In a town that has a lot of overdoses, you can't overdose on God. The more words you take, the stronger you get. You have nothing to lose except sickness and disease. There's people that have just spoke against, they were diagnosed with cancer or something. They'll take this medicine, they'll start speaking against it. The process is, I just heard a testimony on the way in. The guy said he was healed the moment he, he prayed. But it took a year for that whole thing to clear out of his body. Sometimes that happens just like that. Other times maybe it's a process. I don't know. End result is he doesn't have it anymore. He's cancer free. So I'd be speaking to my immune system. If you have sugar diabetes, I'd speak to that. I'd call my sugar to come into line. If I had to do it every day, I'd do it every day. And I would still do what I'm supposed to be doing until all of a sudden it's like what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like wow, something. And God will show you or tell you and pretty soon you won't be on insulin. But how we believe it, how we put it into force, that's when this becomes really real. My daughter Maddie, who's my youngest daughter, is sitting by, uh, by PK down there. She came to you. She'll be in the drama this next week. She came last night, and about a year ago, she was having trouble with her legs. Uh, she said they just feel, her words, not mine, warbly. Wobbly, sorry, wobbly. <laughs> she couldn't explain it. I'm like, well, tell me what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we went through all that. And so she said, this is before we had practice Thursday. I said, are you going to be able to practice? She, she started crying. She said, I don't think so. I said, well, you can go in my office and lay down, but let me tell you something. So I told her kind of what I'm telling you. What we do as believers and what we were trained to do is we tell God, oh God, heal my legs. Heal my legs. And she'd say, 
Daddy, they're not healed. And I told her, I said, that prayer is not going to heal a sniffle. God already knows about your legs. You better talk to what's happening to your legs because that's your mountain. She looked at me and I said, you tell, what's your legs doing? She said, wobbly. I said, then you tell them to be straight. You tell them to be strong. You bind that wobbliness. You speak life to those legs. You declare by the power of the word of God that's in you as a believer, you have the right. You have the authority and it must obey. Here's the, here's the issue. We don't believe that we really can do it or we do it. Let me say this. We don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. But I said, I'm, I'm just asking you, start, start talking to your legs. And if you still feel like you need to go in and lay down, I'm okay with that. You can go in my office and you can lay down. And, and then we'll just go home and practice is over. She texts me in about 10 minutes, Daddy, I'm good. I said, you're good? When I looked at her, she looked at me, and it wasn't the same eyes that were looking at me crying back in that room. She said, I'm good. And I would never know that night she had a problem because it wasn't bothering her then. Brett, why? Because she took a hold of the Word of God, and she put it in her belief system, and here's the thing, if you don't want to speak, God knows your thoughts, but the devil does not know your thoughts. And for this to be active, you have to speak. And the devil doesn't want you to know the authority and the belief that you have. If he can keep you quiet and depressed, he'll do it. He might not be able to stop you from going to heaven, but if he can stop you from enjoying your heaven on earth right here, He'll do that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?